Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Welcome, welcome, everyone. We've got another great show for you today. Um, today we have uh, a guest who is a local yogi, Ruth Ann Lundenberg of Nirvana Yoga. So welcome, Ruth Ann. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for having me. It's of great. course, yeah. of course. So um, so you have a, a couple of yoga studios. You have... Uh, there are two Nirvana studios. Um, I started both of them. Okay. And then... Um, I maintained, you know, ownership of one, which is in East Hampton, and my colleague and dear friend, really my soul sister, Hmm. purchased the Sunderland one from me. Ah. And so she actually runs that one, but we maintain a a cohesive image Mm -hmm. so that it just makes it simpler for everybody. Lovely. But I want to give a shout out to my soul sister, Kate Smith. All right. She's an awesome studio director. Shouting out to Kate Smith. Yeah, yeah. Sunderland Studio is very sweet. That's lovely. Yeah. I think I've been to that. I think I've been to both of your locations uh-huh. before, and yeah. they are both beautiful. Thank you. And both very refreshing to go into and a very welcoming space. Thank you. I designed them myself. Oh. <laughs> what goes into designing a yoga space? Well, I think it's unique to each teacher or studio owner, but I had taught uh, for many years before I had a studio, mm. and I was sort of on the uh, early curve of yoga. Um, so I taught in a lot of weird and funky places and which was great because I brought yoga to institutions and people who just hadn't had that before. And when you say weird and funky places (laughs) that you've taught yoga, like, can you give us some examples? Weird and funky. Yeah. Um, like church basements. Well, yeah, that with the whole, I taught in a church parish hall for like maybe seven years Wow. in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, driving back and forth with my, with my, uh, mats and my blocks and my jack russell terrier yeah in my little miata oh my gosh (laughs) i love it rain shine sun snow yeah so that was a yeah big big room you know concrete floor weird funky heat concrete floor that's kind of hard on the knees when you're doing yoga really tough you know if you really want to as a yoga teacher or you can choreograph stuff so that you you know you you can work around a lot of things and i did I, po- I was the uh, first teacher to teach at um, Holyoke Hospital, cool. which was one of their conference rooms, which was fine. It was just that it's on the same floor with like the other rooms and the bells and the nurses and the people rushing around. Um, I taught at uh, a couple of colleges and a few corporations and, you know, big cold gyms and just, you know, they were, they were challenging spaces. So when, when you're thinking about designing your own yoga studio, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you're like, I want some soft, s- soft floors. Yeah. In the beginning, um, you know, it's funny how I've been doing this so long, right? So I've been teaching since 1992. Whoa. And a lot of that time I taught full time. There's tons wow. of classes and like a good part of that, I drove around from place to place to do that. And um, since I was one of the first people doing that, it was interesting because it was more, you know, people would ask me what's that? And why should I do it? <laughs> what, what is yoga? Yeah, sort of, it is, you know, it's more do yoga, you know, um, and why. So I, I drove around a lot. And um, 
Yeah, so since 1992, and that's a fair amount of time to design your own thing. And so there's evolution. Technology has really caught up with my vision, Mm. you know? So maybe you want to do something and it's not feasible, doesn't exist yet, you know? And wonderfully about the about technologies, it's caught up with me. So, yeah, I had to start with carpeting, which is an ideal, um, in my opinion, for um, environmental reasons mostly. So, you know, laminate floor has caught up with me. The zero zero VOC paints have caught up. The low uh, low electric, you know, uh, lighting mm. dimmable, like really great high tech lighting. And then most recently, I put in the. Um, infrared radiant panels which are in the ceiling i saw and that. that's just fabulous technology all of that is new stuff in the last so many years wow. it's become affordable and and uh you know for a small yoga studio like myself and so, so the environments are really sweet and, yeah. and they're really well, there was attention to something that's very very important to me is um you know environmental impact or lack of so not to create waste and uh minimal impact energy efficiency, things like that. So to have a hot studio and not use a lot of energy was a hard, no, tough thing to like, sort out. How does that, yeah, how can yeah. you combine the two? And then the other thing is just uh, really, really safe for people with environmental Ill- illness and uh, breathing challenges because that's so ubiquitous these days, so common. And what I'm really happy with is it's just there's no... Uh, there's just no place for those kinds of things to take root in the studio. It's all like smooth surfaces and hypoallergenic and, and you no can chemicals. clean things a little easier when it's not carpeted and when it's, yeah. yeah. I have an awesome woman, my main woman. Uh, her name is Linda White and she works there and she maintains the clean and she is an avatar of clean. Uh, she's an avatar of clean. Every time I show up there, she's already there. You know, those people are so <laughs> underappreciated. Uh, I, I'm all over it. Yeah, I you're was not as good when I had to do it myself. It. Yeah. It's just sparkling. <laughs> oh, so the other great thing about the infrareds I'm really pleased with, um, they were a big investment for me. Well, so tell people what infrareds are. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, well, tell people, you, just in case people aren't yeah, familiar with that. Uh, they're great. Um, first of all, they're... Um, they have no moving parts, so they're like um, solid state. And they, the ones that I have are just white ceramic panels. They're wired into, hardwired into the panel, you know, the electrical panel. They work on their own switches, and um, they emit infrared light, which is the spectrum of light below the visual, right? Infrared means below red. and So it's not actually red lighting. No, not at all. Infrared means it's below the, the wavelength of the red light. Um, the bad stuff that you want to be scared of is the ultraviolet, which is above the visible light. Mm. So people get those confused. The infrared, it's the same kind of light that comes from the sun that heats our bodies. It's like, mm. like being in the sun feels so good, mm. except for the UV. UV. <laughs> right. So it's a completely different kind of heat because, and this is something you can have in your home and infrared saunas are really popular now. I see a lot of infrared saunas that are really yeah, popular. They're inexpensive to run. They're environmentally friendly. They're solid state. They don't break. Um, they're transportable. So what that does in the yoga studio is it's a very gentle heat. And if you want it, then you're underneath, you know, it's like you're underneath that spot. If you don't want it, you're not putting yourself under that spot. So the, so the people who come to your studio kind of know where the little heat heat zones it's are. It's easy to see. And yeah. so you're choosing your kind of dose of heat. 
So on the warm side, it's just comfy, cozy. And on the hot side, you don't notice it right away because it doesn't heat the air like typical heat. You're not walking into this wall of heat and it's very dry. So your sweat evaporates before you know it. And at some point, though, maybe during the session, you realize like, ah, I'm really warm. <laughs> but like standing in the sun, you know how that is? Yes. Cool air, warm, warm sun. So there are a lot of, um, you know, proposed benefits of that that are health wise. But because it's penetrating the body to, they say, about an inch and a half of penetration, the waves, and they're heating, activating the molecules there. That's where the heat is coming from. So a lot of that has to do with like cleansing the skin, increasing circulation. Um, it's, it's a good detox from it's what a I real understand. Detox. Um, yeah, not because you're sweating because you don't sweat that much, it's dry, but um, from the uh, activation of the molecules and uh, fluids in the body. So the joints and uh, are, are usually pretty well affected. But people claim benefits of all kinds. I think we haven't really, you know, had enough research to know what that kind of light really does for us. But we, we know we love the sunshine. We love to be warm. It feel, <laughs> and it feels good. It feels good, yeah. It's like there's something deeply like nourishing about UV or not the UV, but about the infrared lighting. That oh just, yeah. It's, it's just that radiant. Yeah. I guess it's similar to like when you're sitting in front of a fire, you know, like maybe like outdoors campfire or something. And you, you know, the air is cold, like I said, and you're just feeling really cozy and happy. Mm. There's something I think in our bodies that, you know, of course is attuned to that. It's so natural. I love and it. And all animals like that. Yeah. <laughs> we are animals. Like lizards on rocks. Yeah. You know, just baking in there. Yeah. So you had this sort of bigger vision for uh, nirvana yoga and mm-hmm. really creating an environmentally friendly space mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. not only for energy efficiency, but people with sensitivities can yep. come in yes. and come into these studios and mm-hmm. breathe freely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the infrared was kind of folding into all of that vision, yeah. larger vision. And, and that one is only in the East Hampton studio. Studio. Okay. Um, that's really the only the only uh, difference between the East Hampton and the Sunderland in terms of design, but um, because they're both really eco friendly and uh, no outgassing and things like that. That's amazing. It's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, the other, here's one more thing about it. You know, we live in this wonderful damp place. I spent a fair amount of time in the desert southwest, and it's a different world. So um, you get the sense of what dry really is and absence of mold, right? And all that stuff. So, you know, we have mold just about everywhere and in any building. And my studio is a little bit below ground, you know, a little few feet underground. But what the infrareds do is just so nice is that they, um, they heat up the, um, the walls themselves mm. and the spaces in between, right, where that stuff grows. And it just kills it all off. I like it. So when you come in, there's absolutely no smell. And there's no signs of mold. And that's just, you can tell. There's like a, well, it's like being in the desert. There's like a, kind of a Christmas crispness yeah. to the air, which is so important for yoga, right? right? Just like really clean. And even though people are hot, there's just, you know, clean. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And the I more that we can I like purify. Clean. Yeah. yeah. I like the clean. Yeah. 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 So um, purification is right. So what got you so mindful about 
the environmental, do you have uh, sensitivities yourself to a lot of the molds and kind of eco-friendly? Or is that just sort of part of your larger vision of how you wanted to bring (gasps) this this yoga to... It's a big question, right? It is. Well, there are always compromises. And um, that's just something that's very important to me and has been, and I'm not sure where exactly it came from. Hmm. I don't really know. It's evolved over the years because uh, along with the concerns in general, right, of how, how the planet is responding to what we're doing. And um, I'm a, um, very, obviously very concerned. And uh, I'm very concerned about um, the natural world, which is very important to me, um, and not only me, to lots of people. Yeah. Very tuned to nature, and that's my refuge. And also... Um, Perhaps for my yoga practicing, but perhaps my yoga practicing has been informed by the fact that uh, I feel very close to the animal world. And when I say these things, I know lots and lots of people listening will say, well, yeah, I am too, you know. Uh, it's, a, um, it's so common now. So being tuned into the animal world, um, living the non-harming, which is one of the principles of the original yoga city yes right and i guess that starts with your own personal how you conduct things so it it it, yeah that's how i'm doing my best to live my life is very challenging because the world is not uh making that easy for us yeah yeah gotta make those consumer choices and those actions and everything's got to got to line up the best that we can choice by choice yeah but you know it gives meaning though to things that I do it gives a much deeper meaning and it it, it's a wonderful for me sometimes horrible sometimes wonderful (laughs) um mindfulness training and um I just screw it up all the time I just screw up all the time, you know, (laughs) that if you want to feel, you know, intermittent periods of uh, just despair, (laughs) you know, just thinking about it. But lately I've been on a a media fast, Mm. which has been really, I love it. It does feel good. So it's been no news. Um, but you're creating news. You're creating information. Yeah, you're creating was, media right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, true. It's been no like no newspapers, no news. I'm I'm sure people people question me on that. You know, but don't you need to know? And I I think I find out the things I need to know. Yeah, in other ways. And just I, I maintain a little bit of that practice as well. Yeah. I I hear a lot of information. Mm-hmm. I don't always know where I hear this information. I it's like osmosis mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. through conversations with people, and I find relevant sources. Or I'll be walking in to places that have a TV going, and I'll maybe catch a headline. Yeah, but I don't necessarily need to um, immerse myself in the like deep trauma that news mm, creates that's the word and trauma yeah because exactly. it makes me really frustrated and i'm not going to serve anybody by being yeah. frustrated uh-huh. so i 100 percent understand yeah. that kind of pulling back a little bit because you still you still get tons of information we're bombarded by information all day every day <laughs> yeah yeah and uh trauma is the word at least for me um it's been challenging i've been traumatized um by lots and lots of stuff yeah yeah in the world and um i feel traumatized whenever i become aware of or think about um just the level of waste 
that we're producing and where it's all going to go or where it's ending up and how that is affecting life on the planet. Yeah. And there's no, in my mind, there's no higher or lower life forms that um, all life is equally valid and precious. So, so tell us, I, I want to know a little bit more about, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters. We're here with Ruth Ann Lindenberg of Nirvana Yoga. Um, uh, she is one of the, the owners, she's the owner of the East Hampton studio, um, as part of the, uh, Nirvana yoga in Sunderland is uh, mm-hmm. collab space. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I'd love to know a little bit more about the, the community that you have that, that comes to the studio and mm-hmm. cause you do all kinds of cool stuff to there. You do the teacher trainings. Yeah, I do teacher training there. And yeah. what, so tell us a little I bit have about a, who, who's coming there who's and what you guys are doing and what we're doing. Of cool stuff. Cause yeah. I know you have this great vision, this environmentally friendly, yeah. this really like bigger vision of ahimsa and these kind of things which is funny because when people come that's probably not the first thing that strikes them Mm -hmm. so that is definitely under the hood so to speak it's in the background it's not that you come and you get this um preachy thing or anything like that yeah it's a very neutral looking and feeling space it's just a nice clean very clean emphasis on clean restful peaceful space and um, so, yeah, I'm doing a teacher training again. I've done a, whole, a bunch of them over the years, starting, cool. starting, you know, 1999, I think was the first one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 1999, oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> when dinosaurs roamed the earth, my friend. <laughs> there I was. Because Ta- you- taught the first one in my living room. Wow. Yeah, yeah, to about five, six people. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, because you've been practicing yoga for about 40 years. Yeah. Or just just about 40 years. Uh, I saw yeah. that on uh, your bio on, on your website, and I was Crazy. like, wow. I know. How did you... So I want to loop back to the community and kind of who's coming in. Uh-huh. How did you fall into yoga? How did I fall into it? Um, or how did it find you? Yeah, I don't know, depending on yeah, how that you know, it, works. It would put me, I have to say, I'm, I'm 54 now. Mm-hmm. So it's plus because um, there's a lot of overlap between yoga and dance. Mm-hmm. And I was a real f- a fan of dancing when I was little and I made stuff up, just had a talent for it. Um, and it was the 70s, so a child of the 70s, mm. born in 65. And uh, my mother, <laughs> my mother was a committed spiritualist. And spiritualism's more like a 19th century, early 20th century religion, really, which was a kind of a hybrid between a lot of diff- occultism and um, Eastern philosophy and Christianity. So if I had a church when I was growing up, it was the spiritualist church. Mm. Um, and They're that's another whole too. great story. Yeah. yeah. They have them here? Yeah. Oh, that's There's a really awesome one thing. one out in, um, in uh, Chicopee, Chicopee, I know for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I've been there way back in the old yeah, days. Yeah, they do the mediums, readings. Yes, you go in for yes. I used like to get readings. quiet service. Yeah. They sing Frosty the Snowman and other non-denominational songs. Oh, that's great. And then they have a little mediumship afterwards where you, people can, you know, yeah. donate a little money and get a yeah. healing. And it's, yeah. it's a sweet little community. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in that. Oh. And maybe it was a little more popular in the 70s. So my mom was one of those mediums. Mm. And she taught mediumship. And we had seances at my house nice. and classes at my house. <gasps> yeah, it's nice. But when you're a kid, it's really kind of creepy. 
Is, was it creepy yeah, when you were growing up? Yeah, because, well, first of all, she'd be doing these things while I was supposed to be in bed, like, trying to sleep. Oh, You know, like on a Wednesday like, night after supper. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, they're conjuring up spirits, you know? And in my house, you know, if you say, oh, there's something in the closet, if the response would be, yeah, there probably is something right. in the closet. And you're like, no, I wanted no, the confirmation no, that there's not a monster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so that I sorted that out over time. But yeah, it was, uh, the supernatural world wasn't exactly my, my cup of tea. But a lot of people came around and a lot of people with a lot of books and information. So I remember... Uh, it's particularly a babysitter. And I didn't have her too many times, but she has a yoga devotee in the, in the early 70s, so you can imagine. You the know, early the, wave. Yeah. yeah. And the big thing that she could do was called Nowly. She could make her, her navel like jump around mm. like a, like a who knows what, like a basketball wow. in her belly. She could pull up her shirt and be like rolling her belly around it's like a belly dancer thing even more so i've yeah. never been able to do it but but then i was hooked after that i saw that and i was like wow that's <laughs> cool. one talented young woman yeah and she was beautiful so you know back in those days there were like paperback books with pictures and uh, lilius was on tv and a fan of jack lalane <laughs> right yeah huge fan of jack lalane and i don't know if you remember this but uh, some people will but the um you know the like the pres is awful because it it was like this physical fitness test the president's council of fitness i think it was a kennedy thing so i had a uh, foam mat with all of the exercises on it Mm. so i used to when i was really little i would get on the foam mat and i would do all the exercises cool (laughs) you're an active kid yeah i loved that stuff and always a self-starter and kind of, you know, kind of obsessive, like very self-soothing. So I started doing that was a little, little kid. And then I learned yoga from books. So that's why I say I go all the way back. I don't oh. know when I started, but my mom didn't do it. Nobody else did it. just infused your whole life. It was there. Yeah. I must have been looking for it. Plus, um, a lot of books that nobody but me ever read that, you know, like the books from classical yoga and the theosophical books, which are, you know, like a Western interpretation and... Uh, the transcendentalists, you know, again, a Western take. All, anything related to um, yoga and Tibetan Buddhism, you'd find it on the bookshelf. So I had that too. Yeah, I read a lot. It's all. It's it's all all there for you to pick and choose from. Exactly, it was my environment. And then I lived. Uh, I lived in a near a small wooded area out the backyard. It wasn't big, but to a kid, it felt big, and I had total freedom in there. So the combination of those things. I grew up with and and they become kind of one and the same kind of the worship of nature mm, yeah. <laughs> you know like the yoga is the internal uh for me is like the internal refuge and resource you can go inside and access there and then nature is the outer resource and they both work and they both i think are uh uh, they both have potential to be really transformative, and they've both been transformative to me. Yeah, yeah. How has how has yoga been um, been that internal refuge for you, that internal transformation? How has that impacted your life? Oh my goodness! Or maybe maybe I know that's like over a lifetime. I know, it's like, it's oh, like where do I start? But maybe right? some I don't well, know anywhere that you want to drop in on that. Well, it's like this. I'll tell you a story about something about myself unrelated. It's that I this was very common when I grew up. Was that I'm adopted. Right. So that was the common thing that happened before Roe v. Wade, Hmm. uh, which I guess I 
have to think, right? Right. <laughs> so before, about the, before, before Roe v. Wade, because after 1973, I might not be here. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of us around my age group. And uh, so you can't describe what it's like. You got nothing to compare it to. And people would say, you know, and I just say, I, I don't know what I m- may have had or missed out on. I have no way of comparing. And yoga's just been so with me so much and so long it is hard to to say i mean all i could do is compare it to i don't know what i would have been you know i could tell you how i use it today and um i think one of the reasons it's so easy for me to use it is because i have so much so many times before so right now where where i'm it's giving you know it gives me juice in all kinds of ways it's just a deep pleasure and um and it's an exploration. Like right now, I'm training in craniosacral therapy, mm. which is um, it's even hard for me to describe. I'm new to it. Are you familiar with? I yeah, am. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's a. It's a. You can correct me because you obviously are more experienced than I am. Maybe, but it's maybe not. <laughs> a gentle. It's a very it's gentle done through almost very light touch from the the cranial yeah. the cranium from the bottom of the head the yeah. base of the skull mm-hmm. and it kind of realigns the energy in the fluids mm-hmm. all the way down to the the yeah. sacrum Beautiful. to like your hips and it's just done and people kind of work under you you sort of lay down fully dressed unless you're working with a massage therapist or something mm-hmm. yeah and then it just realigns things but it's yeah. electric and it's neurological and it's emotional and it's juicy and it doesn't take a lot of heavy manipulation. Mm-hmm. It's very, very light, but it's, it's sounds like you've had elegant. It. Oh yeah, okay. I love it. I love it. Like Reiki is my deepest passion, but I've tried so much, and I I love to explore. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm studying that now and um, learning to be a practitioner, and that's really informing my relationship to yoga this time, um, because over the years. Uh, I become more and more in tune with the spine itself, and uh, that's I remember, yoga. You know, that's yoga. The breath and the spine, but right? belly, breath, and spine. Belly, yes, breath, thank and spine. you. Yeah, and and modern yoga is great. Um, doesn't always hit all those marks. Yeah, um, people use it for different reasons in different ways, and the spine is so sensitive and delicate, and in many ways fragile and vulnerable. And it's connected to so much that I think it does take a long, long time for a practitioner or a teacher to to really get it and get in there. There's a progression that I think has to go from the exterior, uh, the extremities and the exterior structures to the internal mm. structures. So what's juicing me up lately is this contemplation or beginning to feel the fluids in the spine, cerebrospinal fluid, which is what the craniosacral is all about, and uh, to tuning into the waves and the, um, the tides, what they're called, and as they are impulsing the, the yoga that I'm doing, which has become very improvisational. And I've found ways of, of um, expressing that to my students, whatever their experience level is, in ways and movements that they find really, really empowering mm. and that, that they find really pleasurable. Mm. So there's a strengthening is happening that is kind of... Um, secondary to just the, the pleasure and the, um, the interest of those movements. And, I, I, you know, there's the, there are the classic or, well, very familiar things, but the way that I do them tends to be a little bit more improvisational. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. You are doing all kinds of really cool stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the um, the teacher trainings that you offer within the studio. Oh. Because uh, I want people to know that you you the, have a you have all kinds of really cool stuff happening in that space. Yeah, we do. We don't do them all concurrently, but over the years we've done a lot of really fun stuff. And yeah. one thing that I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about is completely off topic. Is I want to use that location to do um, like studio wide uh, tag and flea sale. I want to help people declutter their houses and repurpose stuff. Yeah, I've been doing that myself. I've been sor- uh, sor- uh, sourcing. Uh, things yes um, a lot of clothes actually mm-hmm. because I became aware that uh, as a lot of us have that the clothing industry is one of the largest produ- uh, polluters on earth and it's incredibly wasteful and what and you when you combine that with the current kind of craze for get rid of everything that doesn't give you joy yeah well that means when you go to the thrift shop you have pretty amazing stuff in there oh there's some great thrift shop yeah so i've been searching out uh like really high quality uh really high quality clothing Mm. um with no signs of wear Mm -hmm. just either new or like new and um pulling them out because you know i'd like to pass them along um to to people who can use them, you know, and either different charities or sell reasonably to to people who need those kind of clothes. So there's room for doing that in all kinds of different ways. I I opened up a, a dumpster recently where I live, and um, there was a lot more than trash in there. There oh, was yeah. some real treasure in there, yeah. and I didn't think for a second. I just reached in, sort of pulling stuff out, yeah. to see what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so much good stuff in there. In fact, this necklace I'm wearing right now, this pearl necklace, it's beautiful. Was in there? Oh my gosh! Was in there, lady? I know. They're just like, we'll just throw. We'll it. just throw it away. And there were like really, really uh, like some high end cross country ski poles and um, some books and. Uh, yeah, there were other great things. I put them in my storage uh, bin. <laughs> yes. So I want to have a sale like that, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time and in a few weeks. So again, that's kind of an environmental, social thing. Yep. It's uh, keeping keeping the money in circulation in the community and keeping that clothing in circulation. Um, because I asked at the you know thrift store, what do you do when when this doesn't sell? And they say, well, sometimes we send it to another store, but a lot of times they destroy it. Yeah. And um, that's really sad. And burned and sent to, yeah, yeah, sent to Africa. And yeah, that's, yes, Africa is part of it, which is not a terrible thing, but um, a lot of these clothes are really not those kind of clothes, big heavy coats and leather shoes and stuff. So, so that's been fascinating. It's been a little scavenger hunt Mm. and it feels like, I get to shop and do something good for the planet. Yes. And since I want to stay minimal, I'm yeah. committed minimalist. Yep. I live with very few things. Mm-hmm. That the impulse to buy something <laughs> that I have doesn't result in me, you know, living amongst clutter. So I say we just keep it all moving. Just keep it all moving. Um, and then in but then in January, um, I'll be starting another yoga teacher training, which is really a yoga a yoga immersion and transformation course. A lot of people. Uh, People always ask, first of all, um, do I have to want to teach? And a lot of people are really ambivalent about that. And that's totally cool. Um, It's funny, though. I think the people who think they don't want to teach end up teachers. And some of the ones that thought they would don't or go in a different direction. So you can't really tell at the beginning. I just encourage people to keep an open mind. But there's so much other material. 
um, in anatomy, and uh, I like to teach the anatomy in an in a image, uh, experiential way, and um, to connect it up directly with what people need to know for for a safe yoga practice. Mm. So it's an edited version for sure. Absolutely. Um, there's philosophy and ethics, and the way I try to like to focus that again is very practical. It's like how, like I'm talking about what I'm passionate about and trying what best I can in my life to organize my life structure actions to express right so that's my ethical moral path Mm. someone else might be needing to do something different but with the same kind of strategies yeah so i think that 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 you know it's much easier to swallow when it's connected with something that gives you joy Right. Well, Instead of a, a dry rule, a list of rules you have to follow and right. can't ever really fulfill. <laughs> right. right. And it keeps you passionate about what you're teaching, you know, because I teach yeah. a lot of the same material. Do you? You know, and it's it's like, but it's still, it's always comes from a place of passion. So that's yeah. what kind of as a teacher, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's like you have yeah. a lot of material to cover. So it's like, how do you find how do you find that like the passion in anatomy yeah, how do you, you find do. the passion in the yeah. philosophies you sort of have to have to find your flow i guess in that well i i i do love to talk i'm one of those somewhat rare people that just relishes a microphone yeah or so <laughs> you're in the right place once i get going i don't want to stop for hours and hours well you but, know anyone can have a show here oh my god do not do not even wave that flag in front of me i'm just hello ruthann um, hello waving I'm ruthann that flag to everyone and, listening yeah, I'm, I'm taking over the show now hijacking the show on this time slot you can have one right before oh, me oh good i like that three o'clock on a friday yeah. afternoon that's nothing better to do. it's available it's available oh my heavens okay <laughs> So back on topic, um, I mentioned I'd been teach- I, I've been teaching these yoga teacher trainings, and I was married for a bunch of years during this time, uh, and my then-husband, Josh Schumer, and myself taught those, ran those studios and taught those trainings together. Mm. And um, the last one that we taught together concluded, I think, in 2012. Okay. Or early 2013. So mm-hmm. then I waited five more years to just ponder what to do next, just to regroup because this is just a huge commitment. And so it took in those five years, I processed a lot of things, came up with a new model for the training. And when you say it's a huge commitment um, to do the training, to the trainings, yeah. because what were were they formatted differently then versus now? Well, any training. You know, it's a big role. It's a big seat to fill. It's not. It's nothing like sitting in front of a class for an hour a week or any. It's just a different job. You know, I'd say teaching yoga or when students come to the class, right, to take open class, um, that's that's just the thin edge that they experience of what's actually there, right? So that's perfect because. That's just all that's needed to get the outcome or the result for that person to get what they came for, I hope. Yeah. Underneath is this huge, huge body of stuff that is ever growing and ever expanding uh, in our all of our minds. So where do we get to share that, right? And the method, the thinking behind it. or So I shifted up the way that I, the way that I, teach that kind of stuff um it's because i'm also a hypnotist right hypnotherapist and i'm tuned in with how the brain you know 
learns in an accelerated way and changes quickly, uh, we change quickly with certain um, kind of cues. So rather than giving a lot of information, because information is cheap, it's available everywhere. It's so much easier to find than it was even five years ago. Anything you want. So we've got this precious time together, right? Uh, Let's not spend it just just transferring information. Right. Let's have an experience together. So that's been really interesting and fun. Unexpected for some people. I think some people haven't been entirely comfortable with that. Sometimes the feedback I've gotten is, when are you going to teach us stuff? Yeah. Um, And I say, you know, I try to say, keep the faith. When you need it, it's going to be there. Right? So we're hopefully we're just giving you just enough to spark the the mind to be intuitive and receptive to what's need to be known in mm. other words you all, you know what you need to know when you need to know it mm. in the environment in the moment in the situation if and you have the confidence and you have some training and information and that drives the mind crazy when it doesn't know <laughs> it drives the mind crazy i know for some people for a lot of people but hey that's the yoga yeah if it's paradoxical it's yoga just like life you know just like an undertaking of how do I express my values in the world? Then it's one paradox after another. There is no map. You can't know from one day to the next. So I think you, a lot of people have taken this view, I'm not the only one, where you know, how you are on the mat is how you are. Mm. How you process on the mat is how you process and learn. So um, the mat is a safe little laboratory, a protected place to experiment with new ways of thinking and feeling and and uh being being mm. a new or different or better version of ourselves hopefully <laughs> that just gave me when you were like oh how you are how you process <laughs> on the mat i was like oh well i am are we done yet <laughs> and a lot of that comes up i guess oh, on the mat are we moving oh, on to the next thing oh, like on I the mat a, yeah. it's like moving too slow for you or, or yeah i'm just ready to go on to the next thing i guess mm, but that's mm. very interesting i had my own little aha uh-huh uh-huh. moment when you said that <laughs> i was like oh yeah that's that is probably yeah. accurate <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm, i notice patterns in my own mind that are just nutty yeah yeah not so much when i'm teaching but uh maybe when i'm practicing and taking classes more so yeah there's a running monologue about you know, all kinds of stuff. And we still compare. Like comparing is the last thing that goes. You know, so comparing can be a big thing. Yeah. Whether we realize it or not. I'm, I'm often comparing with maybe how I was before mm. or where I think I should be now. Yeah. Um, it's getting less. Yeah. It's getting less after 40-something years. It's getting less. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever going to go away. <laughs> but it, it is It is really interesting, though, that you have your sort of teacher hat. Yeah. And then you have your, your practitioner hat. Yeah, and that it's it's a very different relationship, or a very different approach to the to yoga, as you're whether you're yeah. teaching it versus and what you're bringing to it versus what you're yeah. bringing to yourself on the mat. So that's I cool. Know. And I talked earlier. We talked about what is yoga doing for me. I I, I guess I'm most of the time that that those uh, critical voices that running monologue will just get silent, mm. and that's where the real pleasure and nourishment comes from in in my own private time yeah and when i'm teaching I, the pleasure and nourishment usually comes right away except when there's when i think they hate me <laughs> i doubt there it. are moments though for every teacher aren't there moments when when you're just like 
what this this one person isn't getting it or they're they're they hate me or they or I don't know maybe that's just me yeah but I always laugh you know afterwards I'm like oh no I'm pretty sure that person hates me and they're going to come back every day for a long long time and I will never understand why oh man so how I know that you're also you know I know that you have been talking about how you've really been practicing yoga since your childhood mm-hmm. um, and you also have a lot of art and creative side that you bring in to your life mm-hmm. how do your your art and your creativity and your yoga practice all fold together I'm sure that's a huge yeah. question <laughs> but I just but I, I love it but you're so, I mean you're just question. bursting with creativity and oh. all these different aspects of your life and you know I mean how how does how does your yoga practice fit into to your, My yoga practice is really creative, always has been. And um, yeah, I, I've always approached it as an art form as much as anything else. I like it to be uh, an expression, and I encourage my students to be express themselves emotionally and otherwise. And, um, you know, I, I like, I, I do unusual things that I think are that I sense are very healing and also very empowering and that's what art is you know it takes skill what the the similarity between those things is that in both of those scenarios an individual has to put something of themselves into it in order to get anything out of it of course not just the teacher but everybody every practitioner gotta show up yeah so when you think about when I think about how our culture has evolved and changed, say, since I was, once I started doing yoga when I was a, a child, um, people use the word consumerism, I think, in a, in a too limited way because consuming has become the goal. And I don't mean just buying things. I mean consuming information, consuming entertainment, uh, just consuming, and and that being uh, uh, considered fun. And what I find really fun, and I think what's really rewarding, is and fulfilling is like what you're doing now, right? You're putting your energy and creativity and taking a little bit of risk to to do something that's presumably rewarding and fulfilling to you. Sometimes it goes better than other times, I imagine. Of course. And sometimes, you know, uh, it's not what you expected, but you persist. It's never what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and still you persist, right? So that, I think that's what really gives us value and character. And we think about what we're doing with our time. And you could say to yourself, well, if I keep doing this the way I have been, for you know another year will anything have changed will i have gotten anything out of it if i do it for the for the next number of years how how will it benefit me and so much of the consuming aspect is well i'll have been entertained i'll have been stimulated in some way but ultimately i won't be any uh i won't have anything to show for it and i won't be any more expanded as an individual than i am right now so I want the yoga to be like that, right? Not just something you consume, but something that you uh, can feel fulfilled by. Yeah. So, so my initial training is is in various kinds of art, but performing music and dance. So there's that there. 
I have a degree in acting, so that's in there. And um, the visual art that I do, and that's in there. Um, and to me, they're all kind of the one and the same. Yeah, it's that craving for for creativity, and then that creativity, um, be, creativity is what we do in life when we're doing stuff. Whatever we're doing is creating or not. We're creating or we're consuming. That's one or the other, really. So are we? Are we? So it, it's like an outward flow or an inward flow. Yeah, like the creativity yeah. would be the creativity outward is what you consuming put, what we'd yeah. be taking in. We love watching the movies. Watching movies is great. There's nothing creative about watching a movie. There's nothing creative about watching a book or very little reading a book. Um, it's lovely, but it's consuming. And that's what I mean by a media fast. You know, take away the media, sorry, temporarily, maybe to see like, well, what's there when I take that away? Tons of time and energy, time to fill, maybe some challenging emotions, uh, maybe some loneliness, you know, because the media is such a companion. Mm. And you fall back on your own self uh, re- inner resources, your own uh, self-sufficiency, or you build that up. And uh, th- then something has to come out, you know, even if it's just, even if it's the, just the stories you're telling yourself, some creative thing has to happen when we're, when we stop in taking in, in, in. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> I can't say as I can live up to that all the time. I know I keep saying that. These are just ideas. Well, these are just sometimes that's what we start with. Points I mean, on the compass, right? <laughs> yeah. Points on the compass. Yeah, it's just our our north star. You yeah, know? exactly. And we're human. You know, we're allowed to take yeah. a little diversion from those yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm you not anti movies at all. I love them. I think they're great. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I like to read. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. We're we're kind of coming to the last few minutes okay. of our show together. Um, tell us a little bit about what you have coming up. What you think? Um, you know, people might be interested uh, over at Nirvana Yoga that you have going on over there. after at Nirvana Yoga. Um, so far this year, um, I think of the year starting in September, like so many of us do here in the valley. Uh, I don't have. I think the focus is really going to be on the immersion, the year long. It's 200 hours. Mm-hmm. It takes a year to do. Yeah. As I was, we started to just talk about before the, the commitment and the responsibility yeah. to doing it. Um, and that's what, one weekend a month? Yeah. But it's also a mentorship relationship, right? Yeah. So there's 200 hours and all of this information that has, you know, all these points that need to be covered. But there are the relationships that are very profound. So... I'm wanting to not spread myself too thin about that. I want to spend the autumn uh, teaching where, you know, there are certainly other faculty. And I think we're all in a really good groove, a good space with each other. Lovely. We have enough uniformity between us that uh, people can trust it when they come. Mm-hmm. But there's enough interest and variety um, as well. Yep. And I'm just very happy with the quality of the ongoing classes. And um, there might be a couple workshops. And then again, cool. there's that sale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. about selling. Yeah. And then, you know, inviting Studio Y people to come and swap. Yep. Swap and sell. Fabulous. Yeah. And also, maybe a dance party. Yeah. Kind of fun. I have a fabulous There's floor all kinds of stuff for dancing. I, have a, I, I do have like a hardwired sound system. 
Cool. Yeah, Bose sound system in my studio. Really nice. So we could test that out because, you know, usually it never gets up above level one and a half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take it up to 11, man. Yeah, let's bring it, let's dance. So tell us, what's what's the website? How how can people find you? Oh, it's easy. LoveNirvanaYoga.com. LoveNirvanaYoga.com. Super easy. Easy, easy, easy. We're located on um, just right on Route 10, College Highway, near the Big Y. Okay. So it's sort of a, a southern end of East Hampton to mm-hmm. Southampton. Yeah. So you have to go back past the rotary to get there. All right. Yeah. Easy to find. All right. Easy park right there. Walk cool. right in. That's very Don't easy. come early because I'm not there early. Just <laughs> yeah. come right on time, barely on time. Yeah. It's good enough. <laughs> just walk in. Yeah. Because you can just start anytime, you know. Fabulous. Easy. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, is there any last thing that you'd like to throw out into the universe? Anything that you feel like is important information that you just want to... That I just want to throw out there? Last words of wisdom. We have about a minute and okay, a half. About a minute and a half. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm happiest about right now in my life, and it only happened maybe about 18 months ago, is suddenly I just became a vegan. Ah. Out of the blue, in a way. Welcome and to the club, girl. Hey, hey, lady. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say it's not maybe it's not for everyone right now, though I wish it was. There are great benefits to it, but um, just for myself, you from everything I've said, you can probably imagine why that is such a positive thing for me. And so when I'm having a bad day, which I do have sometimes, mm-hmm. I often do think to myself, well. I can at least feel good about the fact that I'm a vegan. Nice. There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and the other thing is that it's just, um, it just feels very peaceful to be living that way. Yeah. So I say if anyone's interested, don't be scared. Just do it. Yeah. I thought I couldn't. And then one day I woke up and said, of course I can do that. What have I been thinking? Yeah. And I just started right then and there. And, nice. and it's been it's been great. It's been a great improvement to my whole life. Fabulous. Part yeah. of that inner transformation. Yeah. Doesn't it, and it's nice for the figure, too. Yeah. Looking good out there. Looking good out there. Right? Part of that consumption, like you were talking about. Yeah. Part of that consumption. That's another whole conversation. I'd yeah. like to come back for an hour and discuss <laughs> yeah. the environmental, ethical, and you know yeah. health benefits of that. But just that little piece. Thank you for inviting me to say that. Of course. It's been great. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being oh, on the show God, today. It's such a pleasure. And if you're just tuning in, we've been chatting with Ruth Ann Lundenberg of Nirvana Yoga. If you missed this episode or any other episode that you want to catch, you can go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio. And all my former guests, um, are, all the shows are recorded on there. So go ahead and tune back in. Um, and, um, and yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you can spend find, a privilege. Oh, thank of you. course. Yeah, it's great. And you can find more information um, about the yoga teacher trainings or any of the stuff that's going on at Nirvana Yoga, uh, either of the Sunderland or the East Hampton locations at lovenirvanayoga.com. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we got the word love in there, right? Yes. Okay. Lo- love, love, love. Love, love, love. <laughs> that's what it's all about. All right. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. And be well.